Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and joining me today is Andrew Paul, co-host of the Well Endowed podcast, which shares stories about donors, creators, and other people touched by the Edmonton Community Foundation. Welcome. Good to be here. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, a source of curiosity-driven stories about the city powered by the community, and you'll hear more about that later in the show. So, Andrew, why did the Edmonton Community Foundation want to have a podcast? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, so, uh, the podcast, how it sort of fits into ECF, is we have a quarterly magazine that we usually use as our primary way of telling stories about the different organizations we're involved with and with our donors, as well as uh, some larger type uh, issue-based think pieces. And what uh, is great about that is it's four times a year, but it's also four times a year. Yeah. Uh, so last June, uh, Lisa Pruden, who is the producer of the Well-Endowed well podcast, uh, approached the communications department at ECF and said, hey, we should start a podcast. And what I was a like, smart lady. I know, right? <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, we should. So um, within the next like couple of months, we really uh, took that ball and started running with it. Uh, we had our theme music produced and uh, came up with a format and uh, launched our first episode in October 2016. So tell me a little bit more about the format and why you chose that. Yeah, uh, so we were not 100% sure at the very get-go what kind of format we wanted, uh, but we knew that we wanted it to be uh, a little bit more than just two people uh, talking at each other back and forth about things. Uh, so we figured that it would be a good idea to bring in some more voices, and sort of the natural fit for that was an interview-based podcast. And that's where we decided to start, and that's where we're at at the moment with plans of doing, um, like, hopefully in the near future, a lot more fully realized, fleshed out narrative uh, stories as well. So it's very ambitious. It's not just let's plunk a microphone in front of us and talk about what we're doing kind of thing. Yeah, abso absolutely. It, um, it starts with a monthly edit meeting and we've sort of mapped out uh, the year with like a loose story um, sort of lineup, uh, which changes all the time. Sure. Uh, but at least we know that we can start working on some stories for down the road. Uh, and then we spend the month usually doing three to four interviews and then packaging that all together for a, you know, knock on wood uh, release on the first of every month. Yeah. Um, how did you come up with the name? It's a little bit, I don't know, risque, isn't it? It is a little risque. <laughs> um, so the name comes from the fact that ECF, uh, maybe we'll just give a background of what yeah. ECF does. Uh, we establish uh, endowment funds and... The donors then um, get to choose uh, what kind of charities or causes they want to support with grants that come out of these endowment funds. Uh, so the term well-endowed podcast, that sort of in-joke has been around, uh, not just in Edmonton Community Foundation, but uh, there's 191 community foundations across Canada. And that's sort of always a little bit of an inside joke there. And finally, we're like, okay, we're going to do a podcast. We can be a little bit more cheeky with this than we are in, say, our like official like print uh, publications uh, and things like that. And um, I think it fits quite well, uh, ties into what we do and is just kind of a lot of, a lot of fun. Yeah, because I would think that there would be a risk with this kind of thing to um, to shift into earnestness and boringness, which you would not want 
to do, right? It's important that you get people to actually want to listen to it because it's cheeky and entertaining and interesting. Yeah, well, I think people can tell when you're having fun doing something. Mm -hmm. And if you're not having fun doing something, chances are your audience is also not having fun. (laughs) I think part of what uh, sets sets that tone is is your theme song. So can you tell me a little bit more about where the uh, well-endowed theme song came from? Uh, yeah, so the Well Endowed theme song came from Octavo Productions, and um, I was familiar with um, a lady named Jocelyn Elf, uh, who is a comedian and is well-versed in, in musical comedy. Uh, so she has performed uh, in CBC's The Irrelevant Show and also, uh, I believe it's Dynasty Improv as well. So when we were thinking, who can take this sort of cheeky name and, one, create something that is funny yet tasteful, uh, Jocelyn immediately came to mind. And her and her husband, Thomas, um, have this beautiful studio down on the south side. So uh, we sat down for a meeting with them, uh, gave them the name. They came back with three different versions of the song. And uh, this is the one that we chose. One of the other ones was like a very much like a shaft uh, <laughs> kind of 70s thing, which is a little too over the top for us. You want to give love to the city, that's a fact. But you're gonna need help if you wanna make an impact. Well endowed, you want to be well endowed with the Edmonton community. Things really happen when you find that you're well endowed. Well, it's lovely. I hope, I think sometimes I just uh, choose your podcast in my queue because I want to hear that song. So it's good. (laughs) Good to hear. Um, So what... Uh, response has the podcast received, I'd say internally and externally since you started it? Uh, Yeah, so we just went to the Community Foundations of Canada conference uh, at the beginning of uh, the month here, and uh, we seem to be uh, one of the first community foundations of the 191 to actually have a podcast. And there were a lot of people that came up uh, to us during that conference saying, this is a great idea, Uh, how do we do this? And so we're kind of in the process now of formalizing kind of a model that we can then take to other community foundations so that they also can have like another uh, sort of vehicle to tell their own stories uh, because each community obviously has their own unique stories to tell. Um, So uh, the response has been very good. I haven't got into any trouble for the name yet. (laughs) And uh, I would say that some of the other foundations are probably a little bit jealous that we snagged the name before uh, they could... (laughs) Um, I, that feels like a very Edmonton story for a, a really good idea to take root here and then spread from from here. So good job. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I also hear that you are looking maybe for some freelance contributors, and I think maybe some such people might be listening. So what are you looking for? Yeah, so uh, along with, uh, and I'll go back to our magazine again, um, the way that we like to produce uh, many of our publications uh, is to have a number of voices contributing. So rather than just having our communications department um, produce all of the content, uh, we think it's very valuable to have uh, outside pairs of eyes coming in and looking at the work that we're doing. So uh, with the podcast, uh, that is going to be, we hope, quite literally having other voices uh, contributing and uh, helping tell stories. So we're still trying to figure out uh, what the freelance audio community is like in Edmonton. We've done some preliminary reaching out 
and are just sort of getting a sense of like, okay, well, what is a um, reasonable freelance rate for audio? Uh, I'm very familiar with like print freelancing. There is a very well-established print freelance community out there, uh, not so much uh, in the audio realm. So we feel like we're very much kind of pioneering this Mm -hmm. uh, in in a lot of ways. So uh, the short answer is we're not 100% sure and the way we're going to find out is just to keep talking to people uh, and really getting a sense of, um, you know, what is it that they can contribute and what is their time worth? Because we do want to make sure that people are being compensated properly uh, for the work that they do. Awesome. People will like to hear that. Now, you're not just promising exposure, but money, too. That's helpful. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, that's uh, a very important uh, thing. Uh, I also have... Uh, background uh, working in communications and the arts uh, and it's very much important to pay people for their work. Um, I think that a lot of people are asked to uh, particularly in in the arts and I would say even in uh, including writing um, is like exposure. Uh, We can give you exposure and you know that's people die of exposure. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know you need to put food on the table and keep people um, working so they can continue continue to do what they do best. Yeah yeah. Um, So if someone wanted to pitch you say I am a freelance audio contributor let's talk who should who should they talk to? Uh, Well they can probably email our producer Lisa and um, her email address is lpruden at ecfoundation.org. And that would be a good place to start. Excellent. Okay, now I want to get into your, your journalism background and all that. I want to tell me the story of how you ended up in, at the Edmonton Community Foundation starting from when you graduated from journalism school. Yeah, so I started uh, the McEwen Journalism Program in 2006. And part of the graduation requirement was a internship or a practicum uh, at the end of the two years. So in 2008, uh, I landed an internship at C Magazine, which is now defunct, but Mm -hmm. was one of the two alt-weeklies in Edmonton. And that's sort of where I got my first real experience uh, in in the print side of things. And the McEwen Journalism Program was very print-centric. And... um, so the C was a very good fit for me. And after my internship was up, I uh, was hired on as their listings editor. Uh, very tedious, but also <laughs> served one of the most um, useful and basic functions of what an all-weekly Absolutely, is. Absolutely, yeah. You know, people should be able to pick up that paper, flip to the listing sections, what's going on this weekend. Yeah. Uh, so started uh, as a listings editor, uh, was quickly hired on uh, full-time then as the staff writer and then web editor. And then eventually, uh, entertainment editor. Um, and uh, while I was there, um, I had the pleasure of working with uh, some really good editors, uh, including um, uh, Fonda Mithrush, uh, who's actually disclosure now my wife. Yes, <laughs> uh, and also Paul Matwachuk, uh, mm. who really kicked the living daylights out of my writing <laughs> and really, um, you know, I would say was worth uh, almost a college education <laughs> uh, writing for Paul in and of itself. And it's worth mentioning that Paul has an excellent podcast called Trash Art in the Movies. Yes, that that's true. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Um, so I was at sea for, uh, I think it was from 2008 to 2010. And uh, by the end of my tenure there, um, 
they were really cutting down budget-wise. Um, now, it was like wonderful that there were two alt weeklies in the Edmonton market, but it was just not um, sustainable for both C and VIEW um, to you know, exist, um, and stay in the red or, or in the black. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, management there was, um, shrinking the newsroom. And uh, by the time I left, um, I was running the entertainment section, the website, uh, the listings, uh, pretty much, uh, just buried in like 80% of the editorial coming uh, out of there. And, uh, the compensation just was not, uh, viable. So, uh, I left and took a internship uh, at um, Avenue Magazine, ah. and that was a tremendous experience. Um, it was uh, one just really great getting to learn the ins and outs of that glossy magazine world, and also uh, fact checking. Mm-hmm. One of my big jobs there as the intern was fact checking every single line of every single story. And I had heard, uh, you know, that once upon a time, fact checkers used to be a regular thing at most uh, publications, uh, but were also some of the first uh, people to be let go uh, as uh, budget started shrinking. Um, So that was invaluable, uh, just learning how to properly fact check a piece um, and just knowing the amount of work that Avenue puts into each story that they produce uh, was just uh, a very good experience. Uh, But that was only a six-month gig. And at the end of that, um, Fonda and I um, were debating, well, do we go chase uh, more journalism jobs, which there was none in Edmonton Mm -hmm. at that time, and move away? Or do we stick around town and try our hand at something slightly different and still try to freelance to get our, you know, journalism fix on the side, uh, so to speak? Uh, So we decided to stay. Fonda started running um, uh, some theater companies uh, in town, and uh, I sort of hopped the fence over into communications. Which I think is probably a pretty typical story a for a lot of people. Common trajectory, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we started, um, well, when we officially sort of left the mastheads of uh, the publications that we were working for, we had a whole bunch of people from the arts community coming out being like, can you just take a look at this press release for me? Uh, and there were so many of those types of questions that we figured, hey, well, let's, um, you know, our time is worth something, so yeah. let's um, try to work. Uh, within these organizations' budgets to uh, start our own little company. Uh, So we started, um, we call it the Gypsy Church, uh, and we focus uh, on uh, nonprofit arts communications. Um, So uh, some of our clients have been uh, Miles Zero Dance, New Music Edmonton, uh, Theater Network, the Freeville Shakespeare Festival, Rapid Fire Theater, and... Um, that's sort of what we've been doing uh, post uh, or post journalism careers, right, essentially. Yeah. yeah, I feel like your story is really instructive for people who might be wondering uh, why do people go to journalism school anymore, or <laughs> what it, it it really can lead you in a lot of different paths. Yeah. Well, the one thing. Uh, so I mentioned that the. Uh, McEwen jur- journalism program was very print focused, and I don't think that was a bad thing. I think having um, your foundation rooted in print and being able to write um, that can take you anywhere mm-hmm. uh, if you have that skill. You know how to research, you know how to do 
um, you know, pound out, you know, a 10,000 word piece uh, all the way down to a, a properly structured informative listings blurb. Yeah. Um, you know, that is just a great foundation for anybody to have. Uh, and if you learn um, journalism, uh, you can then jump over the fence into PR, but you can't reverse that. Right. Um, that's no, <laughs> 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 that, that's very rare. And I would say, um, go to journalism school rather than, uh, PR, because yeah. uh, you can always, uh, pick up how to write a PR, uh, piece, um, it might feel gross at first, but <laughs> sometimes at first. Uh, but you can always make that that switch right. a, lot, a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then how did the Edmonton Community Foundation snag you? Yeah, so I was working as the publicist for the Free Will Shakespeare Festival, and uh, a fantastic lady named Teresa Goldie was on the board of Free Will, and she was working in the communications department of ECF. And at the time, this would have been 2011, I believe, uh, ECF was looking to start doing social media. Uh, so they had no social media presence prior to 2011. And uh, Teresa suggested that I apply for this job. And I did. And uh, thankfully, um, the pe- fine people at ECF said, yes, come yeah. on board. And uh, that's, that's how I got started um, with the foundation. And you really, uh, I would say, it feels like from the outside looking in that you are l- using a lot of your journalism skills here. Yes, absolutely. So we used to, uh, back then there was uh, an annual magazine and uh, a newsletter. And um, over the last uh, like six years, wow, six years uh, that I've been here, uh, we're now as a quarterly magazine uh, and we're employing um, actually journalists to uh, write our freelance art, art, uh, articles uh, for that. And we do work very closely with our publishing partner, Avenue Magazine. Um, so there's definitely been a lot of crossover between um, uh, the journalism uh, world that I mm-hmm. used to be in and, and now for sure. And then the podcast now is the the latest uh, um, project that is very much based in uh, the journalistic roots. Yeah. So as the uh, local mainstream media shrinks, I think it's indisputable that that is happening. To what extent do you think things like the Well-Endowed Podcast and Legacy in Action fill that gap or are they doing something different? Yeah, uh, well, I think that something like the Well Endowed podcast, though rooted in journalism, um, can't always technically be pure journalism. Um, you know, ECF does have um, you know some skin in the game, uh, so to speak, with this, and uh, we do try to uphold the journalistic standards uh, when producing pieces. Uh, But, you know, it is an organization that does need to be careful sometimes dealing with very sensitive subjects Mm -hmm. um, and and legal issues as well. Um, So what we try to do is uh, make sure that we're following those tenets of journalism as often as possible. Uh, And then if things uh, are not working out or maybe can't go that route, We'll either treat it in a different way uh, and figure out uh, maybe the magazine or the podcast is in a good place uh, for something like that, um, or we'll make it very clear off the top uh, that there is either some vested interest or you know whatever uh, the the issues might be. Yeah. Uh, but we do like to make that very clear, uh, and but we always do come from uh, a 
place of as close to solid journalism as, as possible in, in our uh, products, for sure. Which should help you get people who are listening because it's good, not because they work here. Yeah, something. absolutely. I don't think that uh, people want to listen to like a half hour advertisement for no, ECF. No, um, no. no. And, um, you know, ECF is is very cool because of the people that we get to work with in the nonprofit sector. Yeah. You also produced I Don't Get It, which was a podcast about contemporary dance. What did you learn from that experience? Uh, how to produce a podcast yeah. for one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so the way that I don't get it uh, came to be was uh, about three years ago, or three and a half years ago now. Uh, the dance community sent out a open letter to local media asking for essentially more coverage, particularly reviews. And the problem with media covering things like dance is that dance is usually only one or two uh, nights long. Yeah. So they don't really devote uh, particularly print space to running reviews of a show that people can't go and see anymore. So the I Don't Get It podcast was a way for us to come in and provide that discussion about the dance scene. And our uh, co-host was Paul Blinov uh, at View Weekly, uh, who saw this as an opportunity, though he couldn't print reviews in View uh, at the time, um, could still be part of the the discourse about, about that scene. Uh, so we started that in, uh, yeah, like three and a half years ago in, in a blanket fort, which was a handy trick I picked up uh, <laughs> in the radio class I took uh, at the McEwen uh, program. And uh, we produced about 50 episodes uh, until uh, we decided to take a little bit of a hiatus. Um, and just uh, life got really busy. Yeah. Uh, things started popping up. Uh, and we are toying with the idea of um, ending that hiatus in uh, the foreseeable future and maybe bringing a little bit of a different format to the show, uh, which I can't talk about too much right now. <gasps> Top secret. But um, <laughs> it, it, it will be back um, and we're looking hopefully next next year. Yay! I love that podcast. So, uh, and, and I would listen to... Uh, Fonda has such the most delightful voice. I would probably listen to a podcast where she was just like reading the phone book. So... Oh, there's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my last question for this segment is what's next for Well Endowed? Well, at this very moment, we're cutting together uh, our June episode, which should come out tomorrow on the 1st. Right, so it'll uh, be out be, be before people hear this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, we are looking at getting our freelance situation sort of uh, figured out so that we can start uh, moving ahead with that. Um, and we have uh, some really good stories coming up too, so I would say just stay tuned. Excellent. All right, well, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll hear about the local podcasts or blogs that Andrew recommends. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, a source of curiosity-driven stories about the city cultivated by the community. Taproot has published an interesting story from Stephanie Dubois about why Edmonton's traffic signals don't seem to be synchronized as well as people would like and what fixes might be on their way. You can read that story at taprootedmonton.ca. And uh, I just want to let you know that Taproot stories like that start with the curiosity of one of our members. So if you are curious about something you experience in our city, you should join Taproot. Not only will you be able to give us interesting questions to explore, but you'll also help us pay more writers like Stephanie to answer those questions. Join us at taprootedmonton.ca. All right, we're back with Andrew. What local podcasts or blogs do you like? 
Okay. Uh, yeah, there's uh, a couple. Um, so this podcast is not local, but ha- but Canada Land has actually had a local host uh, for the yeah. last little while. So yeah. um, our uh, our pal Omar Mwellem has been uh, taking over for Jesse Brown over there, and um, it's I've really enjoyed uh, the, the couple episodes that have come out, and uh, looking forward to. Uh, the few more that are in the hopper yeah. uh, are so I hear. Yeah. Uh, one of the stories um, I was just listening to today, today actually was uh, about the journalistic ethics of travel reporting. It was very well done Yes, it was, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I recommend checking that out. Uh, and the other uh, podcast that I sort of just started listening to actually after um, coming to one of the uh, podcast meetups uh, mm. that uh, you host uh, is actually the Modern Manhood podcast uh, with Herman uh, Villegas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that has just been really interesting. Um, getting just another sort of like some insight into some other uh uh, men's sort of like identity and uh, what it means to be a man in this modern world. Uh, and I always wind up, you know, just asking myself all these questions like, oh, yeah, well, that's kind of interesting. How do I uh, feel about, you know, <laughs> the various uh, topics that are there brought up on each of his episodes? So uh, good work. Keep that one up. Yeah. Uh, and then broadcast with uh, Trisha Estabrooks and Alex Zabchek uh, is also really great. Uh, they are just two solid journalists, and uh, it is really interesting listening to them talk about women in politics. Uh, so definitely uh Give them a visit, mm-hmm. and as always, uh, make sure to rate them on iTunes. Yes, yes, that we we all have to do that. I've been thinking maybe we should just like organize a iTunes rating B, and everybody can give everybody five star reviews and see if we can up the listenership. Um, okay, so now, what is your advice for someone working for a not for profit or any big organization who thinks a podcast might be a way to help get their message out? The number one thing is you have to ask yourself, why do I want a podcast? And if the answer is because everybody else has a podcast, that's probably not a good answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so really figure out um, what or how it's going to fit in sort of your communications toolbox um, and make sure that you're spending enough time uh, to figure out how you want to do it. You know, it's format, um, the gear you're going to need. Uh, and don't be afraid to go ask other people for help uh, as well. Um, the one thing that uh, we're really learning is that there is a really great podcasting community out there. If you have questions, people love talking about you know everything from gear to interview techniques uh, and so on and so forth. So uh, do your research um, and make sure you know why uh, you're doing it uh, and that you're not just being there to add more noise <laughs> to yeah. to the podcast sphere. Well, and also more work for you, right? Because everybody has too much to do. So if it's just one more thing, then it's you got to be able to justify your time and maybe say we should be spending our time doing this instead of that and be able to prove it. Yes, that's very true. Uh, so there's three of us that work on uh, Well Endowed, and we all have our regular day jobs. Um, within the foundation nine to five hours. So we are pulling extra time that is not paid yeah. uh, to do this, but uh, it is just so much fun. And I think um, it, it's also very important uh, and a good way um, to sort of get my journalism fix. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. Uh, you can subscribe to the Well Endowed Podcast and Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes and Google Play. And you can also visit their website at thewellendowedpodcast.com. 
You can learn more about the Edmonton Community Foundation at ecfoundation.org. And they're also on Twitter at the ECF and on Facebook. All of those links and Andrew's recommendations and other things that he's mentioned will be in the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com. Subscribe to my newsletter at seenandheardyeg.com for complete coverage of Edmonton's blogs and podcasts and watch for announcements for the Edmonton Podcasting Meetup, which happens approximately monthly at Variant Edition Comics and Culture. Thanks for listening. (music) 